to uh, turn to Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Have you ever noticed that some days get off to an unfortunate start, <laughs> and then they just go downhill from there? You know, it's like you get on the wrong side of the bed. You don't. It just starts bad. Sometimes you don't need any specific thing. It's not that your tire's flat or you found out that the toaster has burned your bagel or whatever. Sometimes we just get up kind of in a bad mood, you know, kind of blue, and there's kind of this lens. It's like a bad weather day, and it affects our entire day. And a day that begins off track has less of a chance of ending on a positive note. I've entitled this message, Early Lead. Early Lead. Did you know statistically in Major League Baseball, 70% of the time, the game is won by the team that scores first. The team that scores first wins 70% of the time. An early lead is essential. And we saw that last night. Man, Houston's got our number. They're just hot right now. But we scored first. I was afraid we we're going to lose the lead, but the Mariners came back and beat the Astros. One of my friends, actually my former college roommate, who's always been into sports. And the guy's a genius, so he never had to study. You know, so here I am studying for a humanity test or for a systematic theology test and he's over playing fantasy baseball and watching games and and then he aces the test you know love those kind of roommates I did Doug but Doug is a sports expert and just this morning he said you know that also is true in the NFL and I didn't know this but 72 percent of all NFL games are won by any team who scores a touchdown on the first drive. So it works in baseball, it works in football. And I think if we look at the scripture, that same concept of getting ahead of the game, getting an early lead will help us with our daily life, just living victoriously for Jesus. If you want to win your day, so to speak, I'm going to tell you this morning, you need to get an early lead. Don't wait till 4.30 to adjust your attitude. Too late. You know what I'm saying? Here's the good news. It doesn't really have to do with your circumstances. Whether it's raining, whether you have a flat tire, it doesn't have to do with matters beyond your control. It has everything to do with your resolve your determination, your attitude to get up and say, this is the day the Lord hath made, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it, and I'm going to enjoy everything that comes my way because God is walking with me. I'm going to live this day the way God intended for me to live. So we want to look today at this powerful psalm, Psalm 105. First five verses of the psalm teach us how to get that early lead, how to get that jump start on the day. And you know, I like to really present practical, biblical instruction that you can use tomorrow morning. 
get an early lead. It's going to help you get past that seventh inning stretch until the final out of the day, and you'll be able to put your head on the pillow and say, it's been a good day. I'm convinced the principles we can learn out of the Bible, Psalm 105, can make a difference in the outcome of your day. And I know we've all faced some extremely difficult times in the past couple of years. We don't need anything, you know, extra to get our day off to a bad start. It's already there. That's why I tell you, don't watch the news. It'll just, you know, fill your mind with negative stuff that's going to suck all the energy, suck all the spiritual life out of you. Colossians 3 says, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. So why is it when we get together, man, we're talking about how terrible the economy is. We're talking about how terrible the politicians are. We're talking about the weather. We're talking about all this stuff. And the Bible says in Colossians 3, don't be focused on what's happening here on earth, but set your mind on the things that are above the heavenly kingdom of God. Let's look at this psalm, the first five verses. And guess what? I'm going to find three things in this passage. Does that surprise you? Three things? Three things here that I think will help us get an early lead. Okay? Reading from the NIV this morning, someone asked me why I was using NIV because sometimes I use other translations. What it has to do with the font, the print of my Bible See the reading glasses, or maybe I should buy a new, new living Bible with larger print. Now, here it is. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. And tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. Lord, we thank you for the word of God that gives us light, that gives us direction. I pray, Lord, that as we hear the word, that we will determine to do the word. Lord, we have lots of information. What we really need is the power of the Holy Spirit to apply the information. Open our hearts. Give us boldness tomorrow to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Right off the bat, Give praise to the Lord. Start each day with a thank you. Not by grumbling, not by looking at what you don't have. Start each day with a thank you. I was reading uh, oh, a few weeks ago about a scientific study that was done on the psychological and health-related benefits of gratitude. 
And it was very, very interesting. They discovered grateful people tend to sleep better. Grateful people, in general, are less depressed. Grateful people are more apt to have thriving personal relationships. Scientifically, grateful people have lower blood pressure. They feel better. They're more resilient. They tend to make better decisions. That's not from the scripture. That's from Stanford University. But what I'm saying is there's a mountain of scientific evidence that support the biblical principle that God has given us. And that is having a thankful heart gives you an early lead on your day, on your life. I know this is so simplistic, but friends, we're just bombarded by so much negativity. We need to be reminded one of the healthiest habits we can develop is simply to wake up each day and say, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you, Lord. Some of the ladies who were on the mission trip testified a few weeks ago how thankful they are that they can brush their teeth in running water because we couldn't do that in the DR. Such a little thing. But they came back more thankful for something that we just take for granted. Say thank you. If you don't have a tendency toward gratitude, I want you to develop it. You can do that. You can find things to be thankful for. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God hath done. The fact that gratitude has positive benefits are good. But friends, that's really not why as Christ followers we're to have grateful hearts. It's not about receiving something back from being grateful. That is a side benefit. The reason that you and I are called to be people of praise is because God deserves it. God deserves our praise no matter what our circumstances, no matter what our health, no matter what our finances, God deserves our praise. He deserves our gratitude. Friends, I would have to preach to you that we need to be people of praise even if gratitude offered no other benefits because that's what the word says. Because God would still be worthy of every single ounce of thank you that we could muster up. He's good. God is a good God. We need to tell him so. Not so much that he needs to hear it, but we need to hear it. See, that's why David begins this psalm, very simplistic in verse 1, that simply says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Let this be the way that you greet each morning. Psalm 100 Verse 4 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. It's a biblical principle. And in a few minutes, I want to talk about God's presence in our life. But this is where 
being in God's presence begins. If you want to feel God's presence, you need to begin with a grateful heart. Because you enter his gates with thanksgiving. It's like gratitude gets you past the security guard. (laughs) You know, the way you get into his presence is through gratitude, through praise. A heart filled with, with gratitude leads to a heart filled with praise. And praise is kind of like that backstage pass into the presence of God. That's why David says in verse 2 here, give thanks to the Lord and then sing to him. Sing to him, the Bible says. Sing praises to him. So we begin by being grateful, by saying thank you, and let your gratitude lead you into a moment of praise. I don't generally do this, but I had reviewed my notes last night after I flew in from Denver. And this morning, it was fresh in my mind, so the first thing I did besides give thanks before I ever got out of bed, then I got my iPhone out, and I began to play not just worship music, but music that exalted Jesus. You know, because some of the contemporary Christian music, it's all good, but it's not all God-focused. So I picked out some things like, great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, there is no turning with you. Because it helped me, even this morning, get in that frame of mind. I, I went from gratitude to expressing it. I wasn't singing But I had music on, I was singing in my heart. I guess I could have, you know, sang in the shower because Linda is still with her mom in Denver. So, you know, she's she's encouraging when I sing in the shower. Jerry, you're a pretty good teacher. You better leave the singing to Pastor Darth. You know, know, but she encourages me. And what happens if you don't feel bubbly in the morning? What about if you find yourself with a not quite, you know, gratitude mentality? You say thank you anyway. Why? Because remember what I said? God deserves it. We don't thank him because of our circumstances or how we feel. We thank him because he is worthy of our praise. And you say, God, thank you for loving me regardless of how I feel this morning. Thank you, God, for this day and for my family, my friends, and my job and that I can have a hot shower. And even if you want to have steak and eggs and you have to eat generic Rice Krispies, you can thank God because you're still blessed And God's still worthy. And you can thank God and you can praise God, whether you're making coffee, whether you're taking a shower, whether you're having to change a flat tire, whether you're having to pick up after your dog that made a mess. You know, again, because it's not about the circumstance. It's about our resolve. 
And that leads to the next step as we come into his presence with thanksgiving. Um, I challenge you to get an early lead on the day by making a list of God's goodness. Now, you could make an actual list. You could put it on your phone. You can write it down. Maybe it's just a mental list. But I want you to notice that's what David did. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. And then he says, make known. So he was remembering. Make known among the nations what he has done. And then in verse 2, he says to sing. But then the second half of that verse says what? Tell of all his wonderful acts. So what if every day, without being pushy here, you make it a point to mention to someone else something good about God and what he's done in your life? I'm not talking about that, you know, you have to carry your Bible and memorize the Romans road and, you know, lead someone to Christ. That would be a good thing. But I've said so often, you know, we are not salesmen. God has not called you to be a salesman for the gospel. God's called you to be a reporter. All you have to do is report what God's done in your life. Say, praise the Lord. Be a reporter. Make it a point to mention to other people what God has done for you. How he's transformed your life. How he's given you peace. How he's given you strength to face a challenge. Now think about this for a moment. What if, what if God's goodness became a part of your casual conversation every day? Just casual conversation. Whether it's the person behind you at Target. Whether you're pumping gas and there's someone standing there whether it's your neighbor, whether it's your co-worker, what if we lived in such a spirit of gratitude and what if we recalled what God had done in our life that it's just part of who we are to talk about God's goodness? Wow, that would be attractive to people. The church would be more attractive if our message was one of gratitude one of praise. See, that habit would not only encourage others, it'll strengthen you. Because when you say it, it stays with you longer. Why is it sometimes preachers have you repeat things? Because it helps you retain the information. Because our problem is we tend to forget. And the older we get, you know, the more we forget. And that's why David mentions it here. It's essential, very powerful. It's a word that we need to embrace. And that word is to remember. Remember the wonders he has done. Remember his miracles. Remember the judgments he pronounced. Now the rest of the psalm, David devotes, if you read the entire psalm, to remembering in writing how God has been faithful to his people in the past. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 
Joseph, Aaron, Moses. And he tells us, remember the wondrous works that he has done. When I found out my mother-in-law was going to have to have surgery for cancer, it took me back to the year 2014 when I was diagnosed with cancer. Had to have surgery. You prayed for me. Pastor Darth did such a great job in leading the congregation through those five or six weeks that I was out. But I thought, you know, I wonder, I wonder if I could find my journal from 2014. I, I'm not a real detailed, you know, journaler. Some, some of you are that. I think, you know, our sweet sister Dorothy McGahey must have had hundreds and hundreds of notebooks because she wrote everything down. But I went out to the garage and I pulled out a box and, man, I, I found a journal from 2014. And it was, there was all sorts of stuff going on in my life, some really, really great stuff. Graduated that year with my master's degree and that was great. But there were some really difficult things too, like walking through this cancer and having surgery. But I went back to the month that I had surgery and I began to read about how faithful God was to me. I think that's seven years ago. How faithful. That's eight years ago. Never claimed to be a mathematician. That's why I have a calculator handy at all times. The man God, and God has not changed. God was faithful to me, and God's going to be faithful to mom no matter what the outcome of the surgery is. It helped me to refocus by remembering how God had been faithful to me. See, God comes through for us all the time, but then we tend to forget about it. That's why in the Bible it says, write things down. Tell your grandchildren about the goodness of God. And I'm telling you this morning, you have to tell yourself. <laughs> you have to remind yourself and challenge you. Spend a few minutes at some point, even today, I'm just recalling God's faithfulness to you the last 20 years. It'll encourage you. Think back to your childhood, whether it was a good childhood or a bad childhood. Think back where you first felt the presence of God. The first time you can remember experiencing an answer to prayer. The first time that you remember God didn't answer your prayer the way you thought he should have. And you walked through this valley of doubt and unbelief, yet God came through in a different way that was better than what you were asking for. And you can look back and say, wow, I can trust the Lord. I can trust the Lord. Think about the teachers, the coaches, the pastors, the Sunday school teachers that have helped you in your journey. Financial provision, job opportunities, on and on. Just begin to remember the goodness of the Lord in your life. There's a great song that's been out for a couple years now. It's called The Goodness of the Lord. Listen to the lyrics. All my life you have been faithful, and all my life you have been so, so good. 
with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You've led me through the fire in the darkest night. You are closer than no other. I've known you as a father, and I've known you as a friend, and I've lived in the goodness of God. Oh, that should be our attitude. If you want your day to move in the best possible direction, remind yourself and remind other people frequently of God's long-established pattern of blessing his people, of his goodness. Third thing I want to share this morning is we need to begin each day in the full pursuit of God's presence. There was a book years ago called <laughs> the, the, the God Chasers. Didn't agree with everything in that book, but I like that concept that we are always to be seeking the presence of God. Always. There's something about presence, about just being there. You know, they, they say if someone has lost a loved one, if you want to minister to that person, just be there. It's not about what you say. It's not about the loaf of bread you baked. It's not about the meal you took in. All those things are fine, but those things generally, you can't remember them. What you remember are the people that were just there with you. You know, we tend not to enjoy the present. You know, you can be someplace and not really be present. Oh, you're there, but you're not present. <laughs> Years ago, in fact, it was back in the early 1600s, there was a monk by the name of Brother Lawrence. It wasn't his real name, that's the name that we know him by. He actually wrote not a book, but he had writings that were later turned into a book. I've had it in my library for years called The Practice of the Presence of God. He wasn't a priest. He wasn't allowed to teach. He worked in the kitchen. He peeled potatoes. And he found out that he could practice the presence of God as he peeled potatoes. He found out that he could practice the presence of God no matter what he was doing. He lived in a time, if you study European history, he lived in a time that was problem-torn and, and uncertain, just like we do today. It was right before what was known as the 30-year war. France and Europe was a terrible time in their history. But he learned how to practice the presence of the Lord. And he found out that it's not in our circumstances. It's in his presence. And how do we get to his presence? Praise, gratitude, remembering. In his presence, you'll find joy. You'll find peace. You'll find comfort. You'll find healing. You'll find hope. Those things are not found in religious experiences. They're found in the presence of a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to read you just a little bit. This, of course, has been translated into English. It says, when we are faithful to keep ourselves 
in his holy presence and to make him absolutely central in our lives. This not only hinders us from offending him or doing anything that displeases him, it also gives rise to freedom, a divine freedom. And if you will not misunderstand me, a, film, a familiarity with God that makes possible asking and receiving of all the graces we need. Repeating this act daily leads to becoming a habit. And the presence of God becomes, as it were, natural to us. Is the presence of God natural to you? Do you live in the presence of God? As you're driving over Stephen's Pass, as you're stuck in traffic, as you're in the ER with a loved one, the presence of God is something that will keep you and I stable, keep us at peace. I encourage all of us to make a decision that we are going to align ourselves with Jesus and we are going to practice his presence daily. Now let me make a distinction clear and I'm almost done here. God is always with us. The Bible says he's promised never to leave us nor forsake us. So God is always with us. We understand that uh, you know, in our theology, because that's what the Bible teaches. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, am I with him? So I can say, by faith, God is with me, but am I in tuned with his presence at this moment, or am I distracted by all this over here? That's why Colossians 3 is so powerful. If you are looking at the things of earth, <laughs> you'll never practice the presence of God because they distract you. In fact, I want to read that scripture. Colossians chapter 3. It says, Since you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. As we begin to praise the Lord, as we begin to remember his goodness, as we begin to share his goodness, we come into the presence of God and we can be there really 24-7. Now, it's a spiritual discipline. There's some days that I do better than other days. I, we're human. But God's with us, so we ask ourselves, are we walking with him? Are we close enough that we can feel his presence? I know all of us have been in the company of people who were there but not really with us. You know, you're even talking to them, but you know there's some other place. You know what I mean? I, I try not to be like that. Sometimes it's... We just need to learn how to be present. 
Sometimes you do something and people don't even notice it. You speak and they don't even respond. You know, that's happened to all of us. And I think sometimes, friends, we have a tendency to do the same thing with God. And God is standing right there with his presence to help us. But our mind is wandering. And we're thinking about our hurt and our pain. And we're thinking about this and that and all the problems of the world. That's why there's such truth in that old song that says, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We need to turn our eyes toward Jesus and practice the presence of God. Verses 3 and verses 4 says, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. And then it says to look to the Lord in his strength, but to also seek his face. Now this is a whole different sermon I'm not going to preach today, but I think some of us look to the Lord in his strength because we want his strength. We want his healing. That's good. But it says, seek his face always. There's a difference between seeking the strength of the Lord and seeking the face of the Lord. We need to seek his presence, his face. That means when you look at him, you look to him. You acknowledge his presence in your life. You say, Lord, I want to spend this day with you. Seek his strength. That's okay. There's going to be temptations. There's going to be things that come your way. Opportunities you have even maybe to further his kingdom. And you need God's strength and power. Then in verse 4, it leads us into the, really what follows in verse 5, and that is that as we remember these things, we will rejoice, which is another way of saying that we will be joyful. We'll seek his joy. John 15, chapter 11 says, this is Jesus. He says, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. So if Jerry needs joy, I need to kind of go back and see what the equation looks like. (laughs) And it's spending the day in awareness of God. That's the abiding presence that's the pathway to joy. Remember what Isaiah said? He will keep him in perfect peace whose what? Mind is stayed on him. When I'm not at peace... I I need to look inwardly and say, Lord, am I living in your presence? Is my mind stayed on you? Or is this doctor's report and is this economic report, is that what is consuming me right now? God's with us. It's up to you and me to be with him each and every day. So that's the goal 
not just tomorrow morning, but that's a goal for the rest of the days we have on this planet Earth. I encourage you, get an early lead. Get an early lead. Live life to the fullest. Experience everything that God has for you. Take advantage of the opportunities that God has given you. And when you wake up in a rotten mood for no reasonable reason, and that happens, don't let circumstances or your feelings dictate to you. Remember Psalm 105 and say, I am going to be a person of gratitude. I'm going to be giving praise to the Lord. I'm going to share the praise of the Lord. And I believe that early lead will get us more wins in our life. God, thank you. Thank you for being good for me, to me. Recall what he's done. Make it a choice. And again, friends, I know you're not all morning people, but the earlier you do it in the day, the better your day will be. So even if you don't get up till 10, just make sure this is the first thing you do. It doesn't have to be at 5 in the morning with all the early birds. I'm just saying when you begin your day, begin it in the way that David tells us to. Would you stand? We're going to read it again. Give praise to the Lord. Proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of his wondrous acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. Would you just close your eyes for a moment and think back upon the faithfulness of the Lord in your life? Maybe it's something that the Lord did for you just this week. Maybe it's something the Lord did for you 10 years ago. But I want you to think about the faithfulness of God. He was there for you. And he is with you today. Tap in to his presence through a grateful heart, through proclaiming his goodness. Hallelujah.